Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my trusty, reliable co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time, except for these EAE singles episodes, where we discuss a brand new album at a time, and today we'll be discussing another brand new band for you guys, Satya Sena. Satya Sena. If you're wondering what the hell this is, we're going to tell you, and it's also very exciting because I finally have a relevant excuse to wear my Secret Chiefs 3 shirt or one of my Secret Chiefs 3 shirts, which I never have a good reason to wear. I just talk about them in general. I'm always dying to talk about this band and no one has ever heard of them. No one likes them. I'm sorry for putting them off for so long, but my interest in them after this album is at an all time high now. Is it safe to say Alex likes this album and band? It's safe to say I love this. You love. I love. Yes. So it is very good. We're going to talk more about it. But first, big old giant thanks to our boy, Tom Osmond, who got this album for us. And advance. he just recently interviewed the members of um, well, Pedge, Pedgemon, which is the main, the main dude, the main mastermind. He just interviewed him. I, I, I don't know if he put it on his sub stack for, as a full interview or if mm-hmm. he just did it for New Noise or, or one of the other publications he, he works for. But uh, there's a link to whatever it is in the description because I will have learned after recording this what exactly he did. So check the top <laughs> of the description. But yeah, this was formed by uh, Pedgemon and he's like a longtime member of Secret Chiefs 3. He's, to say you're a member of Secret Chiefs 3 is like a very, uh, it's a spring-loaded statement because Secret Chiefs 3 is a band made up of seven satellite bands. Mm. I, I think it's seven. And each of those satellite bands has their own name, their own style. Yeah. And the only consistent member in all of them is Trace Bruins of Mr. Bungle. Check out that episode. And uh, they're genius. And everyone who's ever played in Secret Chiefs 3 is one of the most amazing musicians ever. And yeah. you don't play in that band unless you're ridiculous. Yeah. And I believe he was one of their drummers. And their drummers are ridiculous. Yes. But he's not playing drums on this album. He is. He's not it's not he's not playing it live. But oh, he did, oh my bad. He did play drums uh on the recording of yes. it. And the drums are pretty insane. Yes. <laughs> the album is insane. And uh how would you even describe what the hell this thing is? Hmm. Um the there's there's two ways I could go about it. I mean, the first listen, sometimes I didn't even have like words for what I was listening uh-huh. to. But yeah, it's kind of like you take the Melvins, you take some prog rock, you take some Primus, you take some noise, you take those weird Mike Patton projects, you take some math rock and you and a lot of secret chiefs as well. Jumble it up and you get this uniquely awesome heavy metal band it is insane and we've listened to a lot of extreme music we love extreme music we love extreme metal i i realized and this is kind of vague and i I don't mean to say they sound like strapping young lad but they scratch that strapping young lad itch i have for just someone doing something unique and weird and kind of goofy in the extreme music space check out that episode uh it's like uh, the willingness to do anything that a lot of metal bands don't have, mm-hmm. uh, or at least, yeah, a lot of them don't have. Where it's like, um, if you stray too far, then you're you're becoming less metal. Mm-hmm. That's why I appreciate st- uh, artists like 
like Igor or whatever, or Igor or whatever, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, you, you clearly, you like metal, but you're, you're not going to limit yourself to just that. You're going to do all kinds of wacky shit. <laughs> so they are really, wacky. really wacky. And I like a lot of it, but this, it's like this where, yeah, you can listen to this and any normal person would just hear it as death metal when it is not even close to just death metal. I mean, there is, there is a lot. There, there is a lot going on here. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of death metal influence. There's a lot of um, insane blasting, a lot of, I mean, I've called it death metal syndrome in the past where it's just, or you call it riff salad where it's just so many riffs that you can't even, you, you can't even focus because mm-hmm. um, if you like one riff, too bad because it's gone immediately or if you don't if you don't like a riff cool because it's gone immediately there's no really it's hard to have a personality to each song there's moments of that but there's also big giant memorable moments of really unusual unusual choices i would say also with most of these songs sitting comfortably average around like the seven minute mark to yeah. like yeah you do get a lot of giant memorable moments yeah um so interesting backstory of this album. Um, according to the press release, it said um, that the initial idea from the band came in 2016 when Pedge, after a long musical career as a drummer, decided to pick up and learn guitar and vocals from scratch and start writing an album. Uh, and it says, uh, having played in others bands like Secret Chiefs 3 and Ghoul, who was also a member of Ghoul, who I was a, I was a big fan of them when I was a teenager, uh, Pedge was charged to see his own vision come to life. Over the course of five years, Pedge wrote and recorded demos of the music for the debut self-titled album uh, while practicing and developing the, te- the technique on these new instruments. So these are th- th- this album is five years in the making in addition to him learning guitar. I don't even know how I would go about learning guitar that quickly to record something like this. So it's not that quickly. Five years. So I mean, I I've been playing guitar longer than I've been reading. So I can I can comment on it. I can tell he's not an experienced guitar player. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't sound bad. Like you don't notice any like oh that was sloppily done. You could have done that. I don't. I don't. I'm not hearing that. I'm just hearing the technique. I'm hearing how he's playing. Like okay, you could tell there's. It's you just hear the difference mm-hmm. after a while, but. Five years is still like a good amount of time to to get a good feel of it. I knew guys who'd pl- been playing for like four years and they're shredding. So it's like, um, it just depends on the person. It depends on how much you're dedicating yourself. And this homeboy sounds dedicated. I, I I guess you if you also have a musical background, even though it's a, a wildly different instrument, you still pick up certain things faster. There's also like a lot of. For musically inclined people, um, I've known many. I'm a bit one myself. Like if you ha- if one instrument comes easy, many others come easy. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with like talent. All a talent is is just um, how easy or difficult the first few months or year is. Because after that, it just becomes work, and you have to you have to practice no matter how talented you are. Talent is really just the how easy it is for you to get into a thing. How how natural rhythm comes to you. How natural um, spotting pitch comes. Easy. That's just that's that's the talent natural side of it. Um, hearing this motherfucker drum, I have no doubt that this guy is musically inclined. Yeah, you can't just play like that because um, even good drummers can't exactly do some of the stuff that he's doing yeah it's like a really special thing so uh, i'm not really surprised that he's you know he's got uh a knack for for all of it it's just like a you know it's just a special musician really this guy is clearly he can do it um but he 
also has some other people with him on this album. He's got uh, who does he have on this album specifically? He's got Jeff Matz, uh, from where is Jeff Matz? Uh, from High on Fire and Metroid Man. So, uh, big fans of both of those bands. Mm-hmm. And he also got Joe Lester of Secret Chiefs Three and Intronaut. I didn't even know someone in Intronaut was in Secret Chiefs Three. Secret but, Chiefs but, Three is man, but like you said, there's a million people in it. There's a million people, but they all come from really wild, like random areas. Uh, there was there's um there's a band that there was like a that spin up. One of the members, one of the guitar players, I believe, from Secret Chiefs Three. I forget his name. He started a band that has gone through so many iterations. It's like the same members, but they keep changing the name of the band. <laughs> First, it was the orange tool conspiracy. And then when I discovered them, they were atomic ape. I, I saw them live and I was blown away. And then they became something else. And I don't, yeah. so this band, I'm going to go a little bit of a digression here. Um, I saw them open for um, Karima, who we, we, we were like, we knew members of that band. Yeah. And, it was the first time seeing Karima. It was the first time seeing Atomic Ape. And I was like, hold on. This band rules. And I, I think I bought their album. And then I saw them again open for Secret Chiefs, uh, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something that is, man, that band was so good live. They had this um, this baritone sax player. Of course, I don't know anybody's names. <laughs> and he was like really good in the band. He sounded incredible in the band. They had a really cool style. and we uh you 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 brought him up on the on uh on the Bronson Arm episode that we did. Patrick mm-hmm. uh Shiryoshi or, or uh, Shiro Shiroishi. Yes. Okay. And uh I mean people who know him knows he's really prolific in, in like the underground music and he's a, a incredible multi-instrumentalist instrumentalist, but like a primarily a saxophone player. Mm-hmm. And we were outside of it might have been the blood brothers when they did like with that reunion show years and years ago, um, I was with an old buddy of ours and then, and then Patrick and a bunch of other people. I'm just saying they're not saying anything. And I guess there was some audition coming up for sax player. And Patrick was really nervous about it. And he was like, and his biggest threat was the guy from atomic ape. Oh fuck. And then like an idiot, I just blew it out. I was like, Oh yeah, no, that guy's awesome. (laughs) He was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> did man. not go over well. Uh, but that's just a, a complete digression. Like yeah. you get random members from all kinds of bands in that in mm-hmm. Secret Chiefs. Uh, on this album, we also got Rusty Kennedy from Wax People and Red Fiction. And then um all the ki- keyboards and synths were by KJ Kuram of The Locust and One Day is a Lion. Um, I think I saw the Locust that same day. Probably. Holy crap. Actually, yes, the same day I saw Atomic Ape and Kareem for the first time, I also saw the Locust. I, that's a what a weird day, isn't this on uh, Justin Pearson's label? Does he have a label, or am I? I have absolutely no idea. I feel like there's a Justin Pearson connection here. Oh yeah, it's on Sympathy. That's right in front of me. Oh, there you go, Sympathy Records. I guess the Pierce. It's, oh, it's it's Toshi's. It's Toshi Toshi's label. We didn't even mention Toshi Kasai uh, produced this three weeks in a row. Big business. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Holy crap. Wait, I didn't even know Toshi did the big business records. I just, I mean, I obviously know him because of the, I'm, did he do, did he do big business or was it just Melvin's? I'm pretty sure. Well, I shouldn't say that. I just feel now I got to look him up. Speaking of the, the Melvin's connection, Mackie Osborne did the cover. 
it's the least smacky cover ever. I, I couldn't believe that she did it when I saw the cover. It just looks like a photograph. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a very stylized photograph of a snake, but a lot of cool connections here. Oh, do you know Toshi actually works on a Dave Matthews? <laughs> what? <laughs> to, to <laughs> Toshi worked on two Dave Matthews albums? He did. Um, Whoa. Yes, he did work with Big Business. As And you know what? Let's keep the duos going. He worked on some Tweakbird albums. Jeez. Uh, but it is because it's a Toshi album. It is not uh, clean. It is not sparkly. It is not fine-tuned. It is dirty as hell. Real quick, because... I don't know when we're going to talk about him again. Probably sooner rather than later. I forget what show I was at. But I I think it was like a Melvin show. I saw this man go up to like a big speaker that was playing music. Oh, I and remember. just put his ear right against it. Fucking amazing. I don't know what you're hearing other than the tinnitus <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Why do that? Why would that work? Why would dudes nuts? I was just like, what a man. That is certainly a human <laughs> being that I think. That's okay. Anyways. Fucking nuts, man. Yeah. Music. That's uh, why we're here. Yeah. Uh, but they live, he recruited uh, Michael Malinowski and, and Caleb on bass and Caleb Schneider. Um, sorry, sorry. Michael Malinowski on drums and, and uh, Caleb Schneider on bass. Um, so they're touring as a trio which is wild when you hear these songs. There's a lot going on. Yes. So much going on. Okay. I guess we could talk about the actual yes. songs because dude, I've, I was having a lot of trouble writing down anything because same. How do you even explain this shit? It's <laughs> well, we're going to try it. We'll might start, not be good enough, but no, we're going to try. Let's try. Okay. So it opens up with Invictus and it, is brutal and pretty great. Yeah, it's like kind of noisy, kind of sludgy. There's electronics yep. in there. Yep. There's like thunderous tom drums. They have like ugly vocals, which will throughout the album. Um, the vocals are real interesting because they're, I mean, it's a hodgepodge of, uh, Mostly buried in reverb, but lots of yells, growls, weird sung stuff. The sung stuff is very unusual. Interesting usage uh, of blast beats. Yeah. Um, using blast beats when the other instruments aren't like chugging. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh -oh. very cool. Um, it's a bit hard. To, I mean, a lot of this is very hard to follow. I had to listen to this like four times to really process like a lot of it. Um, but still some really strong Middle Eastern moments on Invictus. Very cool stuff. Um, I mean, I could be, I could be said that about a lot of tracks here, I'll, though. One song more than others, but well, this oh. I'll go in order. Yeah. Um, my passion. Yeah. Heavy metal, fuzzy circus music. Um, that's a lot of. I felt a lot of secret chiefs really seeping in there. Um, um, there's parts where the band sounds like it's falling apart, and then they stop on a dime, and I think that's really cool. Around, um, it goes into this really cool Indian sounding riff. It's still extreme and super rhythmically complex, but it, it's it's like to to it seems Indian, but I bet if you were to show it to an Indian person, they'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh yeah, it's yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and then there was a section around three twenty five that fucking rules. I mean, high speed killer riff. 
Um, every time it comes on, it just pumps me up. Um, also, after this song, I was like, I, I already love them. I don't need to hear the rest of the album. I mean, I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to miss out. But like, I like my heart was already already stolen good um i love ancestral you know the the military snare roll mm-hmm. stuff is great um and then you, you know me this uh seal it with a kiss of a, a sitar and oh super middle uh, is that a sitar with their it gets real middle eastern with it, these yeah uh uh, around 140 it comes in with all these eastern instruments and then yeah when it gets heavy it's it's still fucking great heavy stuff yeah. i wasn't expecting i think they're either yeah female vo- yeah yeah female vocals from sonia's uh selenite yes on, on and it's, so then it almost turns into like this weird like warped like heavy Susie and the Banshees song. It's so interesting. It's really interesting. It's super brutal, really Eastern sounding, but those female vocals, I mean, they're like it. You said Susie and the Banshees. I was thinking, um, Cocteau twins where it's like, it doesn't sound like Cocteau twins, but the vocal style is like, she's not singing. Unlike Liz Frazier or whatever. Um, but even like in the beginning of that song, it has like these subdued kind of chant like vocals, um, slower but fucking oh it feels feels so damn good really really evil really evil sounding riffs dig it a lot um south node uh there's a lot of this throughout the album but i call it almost like morris code guitar riffs oh yeah like uh some um like fucking uh maybe even literature Michigan type stuff or Mich- yeah, yeah where it's just like yeah it sounds like you're sending something in like morris code yeah but really fast it's oddly the heaviest there's there's also something about the guitar tones on this song in particular where it feels like late 90s early 2000s riffs to me there is a uh a brief industrial break around 220 Mm -hmm. uh that i like a lot i mean it's a little it's little things like that that really break up the songs because it's if it was just pure intense blasting and and riff 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 i mean obviously we'd get exhausted like Mm -hmm. a lot of extreme metal does but they're just he just breaks it up with these little weird moments um and then even even um like the beginning parts of south node it's really frantic and fast but has these extended vocal lines over it it's not he's not growling or doing anything like that um but the song is it's a death metal in spirit but way more varied way weirder um but and it's also, but don't make no mistake. It's still ugly as hell. I mean, it's still very, very ugly in extreme metal, but it's just presented in a very unusual way. Um, one of those nice little moments that you're talking about, I called it like a mellow breakdown, but it's probably, probably more of a bridge, but yeah, it's just so unexpected, but welcoming, very, very cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, really cool. Creepy intro to split vibrations. Um, quickly goes uh super proggy with a bunch of electronic layers yeah there's there's like an element of prog throughout this whole album but i think yeah this song is like yeah this is like prog a lot of the stop start kind of stuff mm-hmm. um the vocal choices that really remind me of of melvin's vocals are like all over all over yeah but that it started to like kind of 
makes sense like the toshi connection with with the way the vocals are produced on that song mm -hmm. it just started to make a little bit more sense they're really unorthodox very i mean they're, they're sung but they're like it's like weirdly hushed and just i don't know it feels a little sinister it's very cool it's it's weird though it's i mean the whole thing is weird i guess but um around three minutes in it gets really straightforward and rocking um even but I mean, they, each song just goes so many different places. It's, it's really hard to keep track of. Um, but it, yeah, this thing, I mean, songs like that, you really need to be patient. You need to listen to it multiple times. Oh, there's it's, so many nuggets. And yeah, this, like after the first listen, I got, I retained nothing. I, the first listen. I stopped writing notes after track three on my first listen because I'm like, it's, it's pointless. Yeah. I just have to let this like wash over me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote down my initial thoughts and then listened to it like a bunch more times, just trying to like absorb it. And to the point where I had to, and until I started remembering the parts, that's when I started, I was like, this is fucking crazy good. Mm -hmm. Um, what was it? Uh, I have pr the only song I have problems with is actually uh vibrational hydration and Dude, shut the front door. <laughs> it's the first, um, big chunk because it is it's a it's one of the longer songs seven minutes but there's uh i, I dig the spacey weaver b vocals um over it but the riffs the riff choices are they're slightly emotional they're a little bit anthemic uh, and i just don't care i just don't care for the writing in the first chunk um i still love the arrangements and the drumming of course the drumming jesus christ but as it keeps going on no song does one thing the whole way through. So it just keeps elaborating and going to these weird, crazy uh, sections. There's a, a heavy section, the final chunk that fucking rules. Um, it turns it around. I still like the song a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just the first chunk that I, I had problem with. I love every second of that song. It's like they took desert rock or like Caius and like ran it through this like weird world that is, that is Paige and, um, yeah, I think it's some of my favorite riffs, and I agree with you at the end. That big, um, there's this big heavy part, especially because so many riffs are so busy, and when that big heavy part comes in, it's almost like you've been eating, you've been eating like these really rich meals, and then you get these like big, there's something big and simple, and it rules. That's what this album does well. It does, um. So my problem with death metal, and as much as I like death metal, I'd never love death metal because it always has too many little riffs, a million little riffs mm -hmm. for not every band. It, but fuck you. you plenty of bands do different things, but like, I mean, generally general thing, you listen to early cannibal corpse. It's just a, a thousand small riffs in a song. Mm -hmm. They will do the super proggy million riffs. And then they'll throw in one big, uh, really easy to grasp, um, simple riff that goes on a while. Mm. so that will that's the thing that sticks with you that's the thing that you can latch onto that like um i still enjoy the crazy technical stuff with like you know the short overwhelming riffs the the million riff approach but when you throw in one big fat one to to chew on for a while that's how you it's how you place your foot in the ground like that's how you it's how you uh solidify how you like i don't know that's why i process it as like oh that's that song now i, I hear it as that song because of these big and uh powerful memorable moments um true core man i don't even know how to describe those opening <laughs> those opening moments it's like evil majestic it's also slow it's somehow 
evil majestic and slow and fuzzy it's yeah. all of these things it's a great riff it's a killer riff uh almost doomy in a way i feel like this one is a little more well at least to start off it's a little more groovy than the the like normal chaotic nature of this album yeah around around two minutes in that's when it goes through this i was gonna say but fear not it does get chaotic sure does i mean there are some wacky moments with the the vocals on that song like just strange choices it's it's fun it's fucking weird but it's fun yeah i think um if i have like any complaints about the album and it may just be because it's so rich that like the last two songs i'm like okay i know i know what these guys are are doing now not really i don't know no but i'm familiar with the sound and so i feel like the last two tracks don't pack the same punch as the the first six i do like the last two two songs the thing is, they're, they're not no, bad songs at all. That's no. why I was just like a, a little like nitpicky reaction. There's something about the last two songs specifically that they both do. They both do haunted house spooky riffs. A mm-hmm. lot of them, it's especially the closer, uh, Draconist. Yes, but Trucor also has it. Like as um a little bit later in the song, and it's like, I mean, it's fun and it's kooky and it's strange. I mean, the song itself is still hard to follow and, and wild, but um, I was like, all right, this is some fun little like campy, spooky riffs. Mm-hmm. And Draconis is, it is all that. It is full on like that's it's haunted house spooky riffs with prog arrangements. Yeah, Draconis like really gets interesting to me around like the three minute mark. Um, mm-hmm. If this is like escalate or yeah, they like turns into this like big thing and they it feels like the only song where they build where like maybe the other ones are just all these like crazy peaks and valleys but this is like okay we're gonna start here we're gonna go here and it it feels like it gets bigger as it as it goes on yeah um around a minute in it goes into this really fun and almost like upbeat and catchy section which is Nowhere else in the album. You're not gonna mm-hmm. find anything like upbeat and catchy except for that that spot. And then as it goes on, as it grows and builds, it there's even like it gets thrashy at times too. Um, which I mean I'm a big thrash fan, but it also it feels even better because it doesn't do that in the rest of the album. It's still mm-hmm. it's just every song does a, a thousand different things that aren't on the previous song. The only through line is a lot of the Middle Eastern uh elements in the writing. Mm-hmm. That's really the only consistent thing. I will I will say even when you think Traconis is over, uh the weird, more like soundscape. Oh, the, the the outro. Like it's a really quick, like or I think it's about two minutes. It's a but, lengthy outro. Yeah. But it does I never noticed it. It's it just like feels perfect. It's texture rich. It's fucking really cool. Mm-hmm. Um and even though it's technically just ambience. It feels like more than that. I don't know. There's something really like mesmerizing and deep about about that outro. It's it's really well done. Um, I knew I knew it was long. But I didn't think it was that long. That's crazy. Yeah, because I thought it was over, so I went to look at it. And I was like, oh, there's about like two or so minutes left here. It's a crazy outro. Um, but what I like about this album, what I love about it, is that it's like. You you can you get the elements that it has on paper like death metal, Middle Eastern, uh, industrial, electronic, mm-hmm. 
And I just feel like you combine all those element, elements and you get a lot of cheesy things that we've seen in, in the world. Yeah. Or, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, if you're using a painting metaphor, if you like combine too many colors, you get this doo-doo brown, doo-doo brown or ugly gray. And this guy's like, he's onto something like he knows how to take these different colors and not not like make a, a doo-doo brown salad i guess but uh because it is it is overwhelming but not in a like off-putting way when i think of all those elements put together i think of overproduced i think of novelty i think of um like honestly it's so funny i'm thinking of igor <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's like who's a fucking was a 2020 album that i really liked um but even then it's like really clean shiny shiny production insanely immaculate performances um but it feels novel like mm-hmm. oh i bet you're not gonna expect this wacky thing right here here's a wacky part there's some th- fucking maniac going at it at a fucking what's a weird what is weird out play an accordion an accordion exactly yeah. <laughs> you, you but this feels Maybe it's a Toshi production. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just the songwriting, but it feels way more dirty and like it's, uh, it's 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 its own on genre kind of thing. It doesn't feel like a. It feels way more authentic than it doesn't feel like a like a blending of genres. It feels like this thing that this guy made. It it's sounds just like natural, more like a like a Mama Leak type thing. Exactly like a Mama Leak thing. Where if this was better better produced and cleaned up and more immaculate i wouldn't find it to be that unique and interesting it's like there's a it's a real rawness to the way this is like i would never expect um this those blending of genres with um incredible musicians i would Mm -hmm. never expect it to feel raw and it does real real quick looking at the credits here going back to ancestral it's an electric tar Uh, oh electric tar it's literally what it's called. Yeah. Interesting. Played by Salman Muhammad, Muhammad, Mohammadi, Mo, Mohammadi. All right. I'm just, I can't read that word. Holy crap. Killed it, brother. There it is. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, it is not for everyone. I mean, Jesus Christ. I can't imagine. I can't name very many people that I've met that would enjoy this, but. I, oh, funny story. Um, I sent the band. I was trying to send the band camp to um, my friend John, but I sent it to our our John, our our, our mutual buddy John. Yeah, and he, he, did he say yeah, he's like miss me with this bullshit? Oh no, he was like, oh, this is like really neat, and I was like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But I actually meant to send this to a different jaw on and he's like, you know, that's just the story of my life. I thought I thought you were sharing something <laughs> neat and cool with me. No. Nope. And I was just wrong, wrong. I to be fair, <laughs> I did open uh the door for him uh last year to extreme metal. Yeah. I sat down with we were hanging out and I I uh I said, I made the pitch for Ruins of Everest. Yeah. And I said, at least listen to like to this song. I think any, even if people hate extreme metal, you can listen to this song and be down with it. And I was in Germany and I got a text from him like late at night because of the time difference yeah. saying, 
I listened to the song while high. It was amazing. I, I thank you so much for sharing it with me. Nice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nice. So yeah, uh, both both Johns liked it. That's who I shared it with. Also shared it with Ariana. Oh yeah, the mutual friend and a friend of the pod. Uh, but so I'm I'm telling you're telling the world, baby. I'm telling. You know, and I have a podcast to tell the world. And now we're telling the world. Yeah. Listen to the damn album. If you like extreme music in any way. And also listen to Secret Cheese 3, man. They, they need they need support. <laughs> Trey's doing fine because he's touring with Mr. Bungle. But I hope he can go back with Secret Chiefs and do stuff again. Because There's literally a hundred mouths to feed in that band. There really is. <laughs> also, I took John to see Secret Chiefs 3 one time. Oh, nice. I forgot about that. What did he think of that? He recently said that he uh, remembers it as one of his fondest memories. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible show. They're incredible live. They have a, um, they usually have most of the same touring members. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen them with two different drummers, but they usually have the same violinist who is fucking amazing. Of course, I don't know his name. Uh, And even though I love their albums, the, them doing it live it's just like they they would open up their shows with um a cover of Dance Macabre which is an old classical piece but the way they do it is fucking incredible they, they have a recorded version um that they released on vinyl that I remember picking up a long time ago and it's cool but it's very it's played with a real orchestra and it's it's recorded very like creepy and lo-fi and it's still a great song but when they play it live it fucks you up i mean it is there, it hits different it hits so different oh man and i think the last time i saw them um fucking neil hamburger was in the crowd um i didn't say anything because i, ha- I hadn't met him yet and i was nervous legendary I mean, he was just greg turkington he wasn't in the getup as neil hamburger but i i recognize him he's a very nice man i, mean, I did meet him once but uh hell yeah check out the album I mean, and, and check out the interview that tom did um check the description for whatever medium that it is it's a uh, it's fucking sick. I mean, and check them out on tour. They're playing. Uh, well, by the time this releases, it doesn't matter. But yeah, follow them. Follow them around. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be there. Yeah, hell yeah. Yep. So thanks so much for listening, and watching, and hanging out. Please follow me on all social media at Pander Monkey and Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. And of course, our history guy Tom Osmond at Tom Osmond Sounds on all social media, as well as TomOsmondSounds.com for all his music and his Substack where he has his podcast as well as all kinds of other writing on music interviews, a lot of cool musicians. He's got a lot of work behind him. Go check him out. Links to all that in the description. Uh, Also my, my EP, check out my EP. Listen to that, please. Link in the description. Cool, cool, cool. And of course, patreon.com slash every album ever. That's where you go. We have bonus episodes all over there. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. You get to join our just our Discord and be a part of our community. And that's also where we pick out our EAE singles episodes like this one. So if if an album came out this year and you want to hear us talk about it, throw it on there and we'll pick it out. And if you're tier two, if you're bigger than Jesus, then you can suggest a full discography for us to cover on our, our bigger, longer numbered episodes. Uh, and if you're also, if you're tier two, you can also suggest any album from any discography for us to cover on a Patreon bonus episode. So go there, please. And thank you. Uh, well, final song. Well, we have a few, they released a few tracks already. Uh, I mean, and which one of these songs would you, would you like to hear? I like vibrational, but I'll settle for my passion if you don't feel that strongly. What do you, what is your heart telling you? Track six, vibrational. Hydration. Hydration. So that's what we're doing. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.